0: Good afternoon, welcome to episode 11 of Hughes Views on the 28th of April, um, sponsored by Amphibian Apparel, whatever the situation, home, streetwear and sports, there are no excuses, and KH Decorating, making your house at home, thank you very much to our sponsors. Let's get straight into it Dan, because we've got a few uh, bits to cover, um, it's return of the Euro- European action this week, last night we were uh, entertained with uh, Real Madrid's score draw against Chelsea, do you think that's uh, a good result for the Blues?
1: Yeah, I think so. I think uh, any any away goal uh, this late into into European competition is is massive uh, for for them. So you know, and I think most Chelsea fans would have taken a taken one one goal, and then you know they they stopped Real Madrid from scoring uh, more than one as well. So it's a good result for them. Um, I do think that you know the fact that they're playing in their what looks like their training ground. Um, and not the actual Bernabeu could be, uh, you know, even without the fans, you know, the Bernabeu's the sort of stadium that can be quite intimidating, uh, even when it's empty, it's quite big and, you know, a wider pitch. So, um, you know, maybe that will play into player factor a little bit. But I, I would expect Chelsea to get the job done um, in the second leg, but it's not going to be easy for them.
0: No, I totally agree. Um, I had Chelsea down last night as a 1-0 because um, I thought, they, you know, two shells renowned for... Uh, organising his teams quite well defensively and Chelsea have kept a lot of clean sheets this season as well um so when it was 1-0 like really early as well I was um I wasn't really that surprised to be honest with you because Chelsea um they do start their games really well and I think Tuchel obviously likes to kind of try and blow away teams especially in European knockout games uh, I think he would have liked to have had a couple of goal cushion who wouldn't um i think i think he'd have liked to have had the job done in the first leg um to have that away goal it's it's good for them and we i think you're right i think they will get the job done um i do fancy chelsea real madrid aren't really as strong as they used to be um and and you know they have surprised me over the last couple of years i think you know chelsea will get the job done um whether they concede at home that's the the killer isn't it and then uh, you know Chelsea need to get that you know get a couple of goals and I think they are they are capable of that uh, I guess the, the moment for me which stood out last night was Werner's glaring miss from you know five or six yards out Dan Werner what do you, what's your thoughts of uh, his impact that he's had uh, at Chelsea this season I'm looking at his stats he's played 31 games is just the six goals you only have to go back to last season at Leipzig, he played 34 games and he scored 28 goals. I do think there's a player there. Um, your thoughts on his performance last night and Chelsea as a whole?
1: Yeah, I think um, yeah I, he's he's one of these players that it it will we'll only really be able to tell whether it's a bit of a coup for Chelsea by next season. And I know that sounds a bit stupid because with a price tag involved and the and the hype surrounding him, you would expect him to hit the ground running, but. He's clearly not done that this season. Um, He's been very below par for me. Um, But, you know, let's give the boy a chance. Let's let him have another season at Chelsea. And then, you know, if he returns those sort of figures again next year, then you could argue maybe they'll try and, you know, recoup their losses a little bit or or try and shop him out to to a a team, maybe him going back into the Bundesliga. But um, last night, I don't think Chelsea really done anything wrong. Uh, They definitely had the chances to win the game. Uh, Werner himself must have had a hat for he had two or three golden chances Um, so they can you know take away the fact that maybe they they should have won the game but again they're still in the tie Um, and you know as you mentioned Real Madrid haven't been up to much this year Um, they actually look like a bit of a shadow of the team that we knew a few years ago they don't really have any superstars there Um, they're in a bit of a transition but they still are Real Madrid so you know I think they should be happy with that result yeah, I don't
0: think uh, back, back to back you know, you're not um you don't score, you know, eighty odd goals in the Bundesliga if you're if you're shit. Uh, I think there is a player there and it sounds a bit cliche, but I think maybe give him um you know, a full pre season under Tuchel and with Chelsea, you know, I think that that's a setting in period and he you know, he has bedded in quite well. And there's a few players really at Chelsea who uh, will probably benefit from a, a full pre season with Touchell. And I do I'll put my neck on the line. I do tip him as as a player who could score 10 to 15 goals in the Premier League next season. It depends what movements Chelsea make in the summer. Uh, There's no secret that Abraham wants to play football. And obviously Werner is Tuchel's main man at the moment. You've got Giroud on the bench as well. And it'd be um, interesting to see if they do let Abraham go. Will they bring in another goal scorer? But I think there is a player in Timo Werner. uh, And, you know... It's not um, It's not a coincidence that he's getting in the right places. And I know there is a lot of glaring misses at the moment. And, you know, it's not just for Chelsea, it's internationally as well. Um, but, you know, he will start bearing these chances. And I said with a Chelsea friend of mine, I said to him, you start my WhatsApp message next season. I think we'll see Werner get, uh, you know, 10 to 15 goals next season. And, you know, we will see. Uh, the next tie that we just want to cover, Dan, is PSG Man City. I know you're a huge, huge fan of Kylian Mbappe. Um who are the key men for both sides, but uh, b- tonight and next week?
1: Yeah, I think. I, yeah, obviously, I, you know, I love the way that Mbappe glides for the ball, but you know, we we are both big fans of Foden on the other side as well. Um, so it'll be a good good match up today, um, and I I wouldn't really want to call the result to be honest with you. I think you know Man City are, are flying, um, and they'll be full of confidence um, off the back of their Carabao Cup win. So. You know who knows? Um, PSG uh, can only play football in one way. They're not, you know, known for their defensive qualities. Um, so it's one of those ones where if it, if, if you can get a, a, a goal away from home, if you're Man City, then you would expect to come back and 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 win at the Etihad. Um, I do think, I think there'll be goals yeah. in this game, though. I do think that there will yeah, be a high-scoring game. I don't think it's going to be backs to the wall, I think it's just going to be quite similar to the Bayern game um, against um, PSG. I, I just don't see... PSG can't play um, without flair. Um, when you've got players like Mbappe and Neymar and even Di Maria, although he's a little, that little bit older, that you know they, they're not looking to park the bus at any point in the game.
0: You, you touched upon a, a key word there, and that is confidence. I think PSG will take a lot of confidence you know knocking out the holders by munich in a previous round and they're the first french club since 1991 to reach consecutive uh, european semi-finals um i think i think you're right it's going to be a fast-paced game uh you know neither of these sides are sides who are renowned for um you know taking a nil nil Uh, they want to try and blow the teams away and we saw man city when they played spurs and i know spurs probably weren't the biggest test and we touched on that last week we thought man city were going to blow them away in the end spurs i think did well to hold them out until you know the last quarter of the match but there's the start i don't know if you watched it on sunday dan the start that man city uh, made to the carabao cup final it was clear that they wanted to you know get that game to bed early um and they only really looked like one winner especially in the first half an hour uh Mahrez, you know, had a lot of shots um and Larissa to you know to make a couple of saves uh so uh, tonight um i think you're right i think both teams will score i think that could be a punt uh it's interesting to see the the head to head that pep Guardiola has only lost 3 of 18 personal managerial head to heads with Pochettino. um Pochettino we know has been here at this stage with spurs before but you could say well, I think it, most people would agree that PSG are a better side than Spurs, and they're better equipped. Um, it'll be—I've marked I've mar- four players who I think are interesting to watch, and it'll be no secret. Uh, I think um, Mbappe and Neymar are going to be really key, and uh, Kevin De Bruyne and Foden. And there is no uh, no secrets there. Um, if all four of those players turn up with their A game tonight, we could see um, a high-scoring game. I think, as fans, that's what we want to see. Um, I think Man City, like I say, I think they will score. Uh, if they could take a um, you know a 2-1 or a 3-2 lead back to the other head. I think they will get, get the job done. So we could see uh, an all-British final, Dan. What are your thoughts on that?
1: Yeah, I don't, I, I, listen, I don't see why not. Um, I've always sort of been quite open in saying I want the British teams to progress. Um, and I sort of have to let my allegiance to PSG and my love for PSG to... To the side for that, so yeah, I'd I'd love to see City and Chelsea both progress, and um, obviously in the other European, um, you know, the Europa League as well. You got you got Man United and Arsenal in the semis as well. I know that you want to touch on that a little bit as well. So um, you know, we could we could have some real representation um, at the top end of the tournament by the looks of things, if everything goes to plan.
0: Yeah, you've advertised it nicely, mate. We're uh, just going to touch upon the uh, Europa League semi-finals. The first leg is tomorrow, uh, and the second leg is is next week. So we've got Manchester United at home to Roma and Villarreal host Arsenal. Dan, your uh, your thoughts on these two ties and who goes through over two legs?
1: Yeah, I think at this stage of the tournament, Al, I don't think that you, you can really have a, a favourite. It's just who wants it more, you know, and... Um... You would expect United and Arsenal to progress to the final, um, but you know I think Arsenal will be alright. I think Arsenal will be okay. I think I think the tough one will be I think <coughs> I think Man United will get the job done at home, but I think they've got to score a few. Um, and by a few, I mean maybe two or two or three, because I, I think going back back over to Roma, they, they're gonna they won't be able to keep them out. I don't think so. Wouldn't want to call it, but as I mentioned, it would be it would be brilliant to have you know British British finals in in both of the tournaments.
0: I can't see Manchester United not scoring. I mean, the bookies have uh, Manchester United as solid favourites. A couple of interesting stats is that Man United have avoided defeat in eleven of their previous twelve matches against Italian sides, and uh, even though um, United drew against Leeds on Sunday. It ended not only a run of five straight competitive wins, but it's the first time in 10 matches uh, that Man- Manchester United failed to score, and they netted two plus goals in their five wins preceding that. So I think I think United will get the job done. Uh, you could argue that they could get the job done tomorrow night uh, ahead of next week's second second leg, if they take a two or three nil lead over to Rome. You know I don't think uh, Rome are going to turn that one over. And in Spain, I think that's going to be a much tighter affair. Um, Arsenal—it it depends what Arsenal team turn up, really, because on their day, Arsenal could uh, could could beat any Oppo. Um, but playing away in Spain, it's going to be it's going to be a tough tie. And I think if you were Mikel Arteta, you'd take a score draw all day long. They just don't want to be, you know, on the back of a of a two 0 defeat, and they've got it all to do. And Arsenal in the Europa League have had to, um, you know, really pull it out of the bag in a couple of home ties over recent seasons so we'll we'll see um (laughs) a stat on with with these two teams is that both teams have now completed exactly 18 consecutive competitive matches since their last 0-0 draw so we should see goals uh in in both ties tomorrow night and you know obviously we'd like to see a man city chelsea final and uh, a man united arsenal final in both respective european tournaments Just going to touch upon the Euros, Down, We've got a few weeks until uh, Southgate is expected to announce his team. There was news this week that the uh, 23 men squad has been increased to 26. Who do you think will benefit from this from an England perspective? Like I say, Southgate is expected to announce his team in about a month's time, the week effective of 24th of May.
1: A uh, big one. Well, I, you could argue the fact that it's sort of been ext- the extension from 23 to 26 shouldn't really matter based on sort of merit and performance this year. But I think Lingard is one of them. I think Lingard, the way he's playing, you'd have to, you know, aside of the fact that we've got a lot of options in that midfield and attacking midfield, definitely. But you know, the way he's playing and the way he sort of transformed West Ham this season in the league, it's it'd be hard to look beyond him. Um, in that regard i like well you know we don't know what gareth southgate's plans are he might already be in the background thinking yeah he's a shooting but he's one of those players that if you had asked me you know nine months ago when he was a united player or you know prior to him picking picking his boots up for west ham i would have said no he shouldn't be anywhere near the england team i agree he would have got nowhere near exactly so it's one of them ones where you know based on the way he's been playing he's been quite vocal he's he's a, a massive advocate for mental health as well outside of the game. And he says that, you know, he, there was a point where he wanted to give up and he, you know, he feels like he's got a second chance and he's definitely picked, picked himself up from out of nowhere. And just, you know, he's, he's... Anybody that doubted him at Manchester United needs to take a step back because whether or not he goes back there or he decides to stay at West Ham or whatever he does next, he's, he's definitely a player that's got ability. Um, probably the same sort of scenario as what you're talking about with Werner. Let's see what he can do next season, wherever he is. Let's just see how he starts next season. But yeah, I'd I'd take a punt on him. I'd I'd put him in the squad, hundred percent.
0: I think with uh, Lingard, I think you have to um, whatever you think of him. I think you really have to um, rate the the second half of his season. You know, he could have easily sat West. Uh, sorry, he could have easily sat Man United and said, you know, what, I'm happy to sit on the bench. Um, I'm happy to take the paycheck um but you know he i think the move has done him done him a world of good uh you know he's he's 28 now so he's not like a spring chicken it could be that he sees if I have a really good euros I could get a move whether that to be West Ham or you know he might fancy another crack maybe at Champions League football with or without West Ham um you know the, the return that he's made at West Ham he's only played 11 games and he's scored 9 goals and the last time he even got close to nine goals, he played 33 games for Man- Manchester United in the 17-18 season. So I think you're right, If he, he's certainly picking the right time to uh, get his goals and assists for West Ham. And i say the world's, the, the move has been a breath of fresh air for him. A couple of other players who um, are kind of in that same bracket, um, I've got put, uh, Madison, Grealish, Bellingham, Lingard and Mount. With five with five subs per game, Dan, do you think uh, we could see a few of these flare players if Southgate, if we get to the knockout stages and Southgate goes, okay, we need a goal here with five subs? Does it open up um, for these flare players to take the extra three spots?
1: Yeah, I think you've got to take into account that we should be looking for more attacking options for exactly what you just mentioned. For if it, you know, if the game's in the balance and you've got half an hour and you've got a player on the bench, you're always going to look to that attacking option rather than bringing on, you know, a holding midfielder or somebody to show it up at the back. So, yeah, I think you're spot on there, Al. And I think that all of the names that you included have got a fair shout. Everybody's had a good season. Bellingham's been flying um, overseas. You know, Grealish's obviously had his injury set back. But before then, you know, there's no doubt in his his talent. Um, Mason Mount's been playing all the way through. He's been, you know... Fantastic for Chelsea. So, um, and you know the same. Uh, Madison is it's a tough one for me because I think the second half of the season he hasn't really shown as much. But we all know what he can do. Um, also Ward Prowse as well. I know that he was in the in the setup for the the games that we had had recently. But he he's a he's a player that should definitely hold his place in that in that squad. So it'd be interesting to see. But most of our players, most of our talent as a nation is in that midfield unfortunately you know it would be nice to see us break through another couple of strikers in the next few years I know we've got obviously Dominic Calvert-Lewin you know Harry Kane is our first choice but um you know in the the coming years I'd like to see a few young sort of strikers come through and have have the sort of comfort in looking at those sort of options instead of looking at players that are playing in the number 10 to come and change a game. It should be the striker that changes the game, really.
0: You must have read my mind, because I want to put you on the spot and just say, uh, you know, Harry Kane aside, who do England take as their as, as their strikers? You know, you said you've got Dominic Calvert-Lewin uh, in the uh, most recent World Cup qualifiers. Uh, we had Ollie Watkins was there as well. He scored against San Marino, I believe. Um, you know, if there's a lot of reliance on Kane, both at club and international level. And we could see on Sunday, I don't think he was 100% fit, um, you know, he took a knock in the previous game, I want to say against Everton, but I could be wrong there and it's that ankle of his, I don't think Harry Kane's going to be able to play, you know, best part of a 50 game season and then play every single minute at the Euro. so I do, that is a question mark of the squad and I don't doubt the fact that England can make goals, you know, with the likes of um, with Sterling as well, you know, he's, he's been a great servant to England I think
1: not. Set aside forward, from though, Harry is he? Kane, Sterling, you know, it's just like not. Say, yeah. Doesn't give you that. That uh, uh, no, it doesn't give you that option. I
0: think. I think. Uh, and I think if you're looking at Dominic Calvert-Lewin and Ollie Watkins, that's only three out and out strikers that we have. So where else do you look? Do you go Abraham? Do you take a punt on on an unknown? You no, know, Vardy's been retired from international football. Could Southgate ever, you know, recall him and you know not beg him, but just say, look, if if you're interested, I would pick you. Where do where do England go if they want more firepower? Should Kane get injured during the tournament, which is likely given his uh, his injury record towards the back end of this season?
1: Yeah, I think it's a bit of a case of you know if if he was to know, give Vardy a, a call and say, look, I'm getting the band back together and all that sort of thing. You know, is Jamie Vardy going to pass up the opportunity to potentially go and win a tournament? But probably
0: it's probably crack as well. I think yeah, Vardy might be I about think, thirty-four. Yeah, I, I think he's um, got one last tournament in him he's not going to 36 you know in the next
1: world cup yeah he's not gonna um, he's not gonna be fighting fit you know he'd be lucky to he'd be lucky to still be well he'll still be playing in the premier league i think but you know i don't think he'll be a starter at that age especially if he's still at leicester i think they've got obviously in an um and any other attacking options so yeah i think Vardy. you know as you say he's retired uh, for the most part but i'm sure southgate could entice him back into the squad um you know you mentioned about dominic calvert lewin and ollie watkins i think we've got two of a very similar type of player in the two of them um so you could definitely only play one i think that england will only play one out and out striker anyway i don't think that southgate has it in him to go two up top um because then you're you're then going to break down the midfield options in its entirety and you're going to have two wing wingers or two wide midfielders and two central midfielders. And you know, that's not, that's England from 2006. That's not England of, of now. So, uh, I think the only other one that you didn't mention for me, and again, it is a bit of a question around his fitness, his age, but Danny Ings is the only other name that I can think of, uh, bagsman at Southampton, but it's He's all about him staying I think who fitness.
0: is playing as well. He's yeah. the only player who's playing like Abraham, like we say, he wants more game time and I think he probably thought I'll get a lot of game time at Chelsea this season because he probably saw himself as uh, you know first or second to, to Werner. He probably thinks he was above Giroud but Tuchel has been very uh, loyal to Werner and I think that could impact Abraham's chances of going to the Euros. I think you are right. Southgate prefers playing two wider men rather than two strikers uh, with with Harry Kane up front by himself. I just I just worry, and that's probably my pessimistic England side coming out. Is that if we get an injury to Harry Kane, where are the goals going to come from? Uh, and there's a lot of reliance on Kane. So we will we will see, and we will cover a Euro special by the time he's picked the squad. We can probably I think what we'll do for the listeners is the two of us will come up with our 26 man squad off air, and then we'll go through it. And we'd like to see what other people uh, think of our picks and we'd like to encourage their picks and any surprise inclusions, perhaps. But we will cover that in the next month or so. Uh, like I say, Southgate is expected to announce his team before the deadline. The, the squad submission deadline date is the 1st of June. But I think Southgate will submit it probably the week before. And like I said, we'll, uh, we'll get our 26-man squad together. Just going to touch on the Premier League games just before we... Uh, call it a day Dan there's five Premier League games left Uh, Sheffield United they're confirmed they're down has time run out for West Brom and Fulham
1: yeah I think that that game at the weekend just gone the Burnley game the result that Burnley pulled off has really really uh sort of pulled them away from it and and I don't see the two teams West Brom and Fulham making up the difference now um which is a shame because you know now that we're there or thereabouts and there isn't really a lot for us to play for. You sort of look forward to it going down to the wire in the last game. I'm just looking at it now, you know, Brighton have got 34 points and they're seven points clear of Fulham having played the same amount of games. It is really a question as, you know, what have Fulham got because Fulham are the only ones really that can sort of pull we themselves right down into it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's it. They've um, got,
0: like, when they've got like, that West London derby against Chelsea away at the weekend, I, I think is I said this I said Chelsea were a banker against West Brom and they got slapped 5 of 2 so Fulham have got to go there and they've got to give 110% and I think Scott Parker will get that from his players anyway if somehow by some stretch of the imagination they can go to Chelsea, get 3 points then they have Burnley at home You know, Burnley, uh, they're done they're only 2 points behind Palace and you'd say they're safe Southampton, Newcastle, both on 36 if anyone's going to get dragged in it now it's going to be Brighton. and I, I think it's too little too late I think you know Fulham needed a few more points beforehand uh, and they did well to draw against Arsenal but they lost four before that um and I think you know that's um that's ended yeah, their uh, there was one game
1: the in there as well and I think it was a game at Craven Cottage against Wolves and it was just it was one of those dead games where there was just not really a lot going on you re- yeah that's a question what scott parker was trying to do whether he was sort of thinking every point is vital let's just play it out but you know they got sucker punch right at the end there when trial already scored and they ended up losing that game and i think that there if they should go down is the moment that they should look at because if they win that game then they've really got themselves a chance and then like you say they got a point at arsenal but again it was a game where they went one nil up um and i know they're playing arsenal and i get it but you know when you're fighting for your lives you need to see sort of close these games out or should you get a goal against one of these big teams and what you would deem to be a free hit you've just got to keep playing your game because if you just stick 10 men behind the ball it's never gonna you're never gonna keep a team of that quality out for that long and you know it's about game management at that point um They've only really got themselves to blame because for, I think, a few weeks ago, we were saying that we'd love them to come out of it. They look like a team that could come out of it. They're all gelling together for the for the manager. And I think since we've said that, they've sort of fallen away. They've, you know, kicked themselves down by not getting the results that we would have expected them to. So, you know, you can't rely on other teams. Um, and there is always going to be shock results. You know, Brighton have being a bit hitting me but newcastle was a team newcastle were a team that they would they were dead and buried and now that alan st maximin's come back they seem to be flying they you know they they seem to be picking up points quite easily and like you mentioned burnley southampton newcastle are only two points behind us um you know no one's talking about palace as being the team that could go down at this point with with five to go so you could argue burnley southampton newcastle although not mathematically they're there they're there or thereabouts. they're nine points clear so it is really just um, Brighton, Fulham, and West Brom, really that you know, two out of those three that are going to go down. I think.
0: Okay, mate. All be unravelled in the next few weeks, and we will cover it, of course. Well we're talking on the, um, the the topic of the championship, then just before we end things, the playoffs uh, the playoff spaces, uh, if you will, are, are all but sealed. Um, you know, Reading on se- Reading a seventh with sixty nine points, and Barnsley are one above on seventy seven, uh, so they can't be caught. Watford obviously congratulations to them they are promoted out of Brentford Bournemouth Swansea and Barnsley obviously you've got Bournemouth Swansea Barnsley are all on 77 so who plays who we don't know yet there's only two games left and it's still you know all to play for at the bottom as well um who's your tip for going up has that changed between those four sides
1: no I don't think so I think I'd I'd still like to see Brentford that's what I mean my heart says Brentford but I think that, that it's a It's a toss-up for me between, I think the final will be played out between Brentford and Bournemouth, if I'm honest.
0: And I actually watched the game last weekend uh, between Bournemouth and Brentford. And Brentford, uh, they won 1-0, but they were down to 10 men as well. And Bournemouth, it was really, unlike Bournemouth, Uh, you know, they were were riding on a crest of a wave in terms of the form. Um, I I think I'm like you, I think I'd like to see a new club. Uh, You know, the... um, the neutral would love Barnsley to come up because that would be football folklore. you know they were probably nailed on to finish more near the relegation zone than to uh, be in the playoffs. If they make it, it'll be a fairy tale. But um, you know Swansea, Bournemouth, we know what they're capable of in the Premier League. I'd like to see Brentford come up um, and it'd be. You know uh, my boyfriend Ivan Tony. I like. To, I think he'll be in the Premier League regardless. I really do. Um, and just want to touch upon the relegation zones as well, Dan. Sheffield Wednesday. Um, they can still make it. As can Wickham, I can't believe it really. Um, Rotherham have that game in hand. They're four points off Derby. Can they do it? Can Wednesday do it?
1: Uh, I hope so. You know, I'd never like to see a team get sort of docked points regardless of the situation. But it would be brilliant if they were to do that. But then, you know, you run the risk of a team like, you know, I don't want to see Wayne Rooney take a team down either so, so soon in his managerial career because it could be devastating for him you know i'm not expecting him to hit the heights of you know gerard at rangers lampard got his opportunity uh, at chelsea you know i can't see wayne rooney managing man united but you know if he goes down with derby no one will look at him no one will take him seriously as a manager so i don't want them to, to go um even though you know that's still a possibility i know that they're four points off of Rotherham as it stands, but you know, as you say, Sheffield Wednesday would be brilliant. It would be, yeah, it'd be fantastic if they could get out of it.
0: Okay, good luck to all the teams who are have, still have things to fight for, uh, whether it's surviving relegation or looking for promotion. Uh, and we'll see you next week.
1: Yeah. Thanks, everyone.